I'm Walter Becker from Steely Dan. I'm dead now, and when I'm not playing jazz fusion with other dead musicians in heaven, I like to order wine from dropwine.co.uk. It's a wine delivery app that can bring you expertly created wines from around the world within the hour. They deliver anywhere in zones one and two and a few other groovy spots in London, and also to heaven where I am. So go to dropwine.co.uk and use the promo code KITCHENSONFIRE to get 10 sweet jazz pounds off your next order. Wow, guys, that's jazz, that's fusion, and that's out of sight. Say hey to Walter Becker, Steely Dan, Pretzel Logic, Funk, Seven String Bass Guitars, Bell Trees, Time Signatures, Fred Harmonics, Bald But With Long Hair, Stadiums, Sunglasses, Diminished Seven, Jazz Cats. Pintal? Yeah, break. And uh, Jess, my wife, if you're listening, I've never once done what James is describing. Have you ever got anything stuck in you? Um, not that I'm willing to discuss on a podcast. <laughs> the races. Well, here we are, it's, um, in quite salubrious surroundings. We're not in the garret this week. We are, in fact, in the beautifully appointed, lush surrounds of the private dining room of the newly refurbished coach, pub, slash restaurant, soon-to-be, slash guesthouse hotel in Clerkenwell. It's very classy in here. It's very classy. I mean, but thank God we have here to lower the tone... Mr. Matthew Bright. Yeah. Well, there are some nudie pictures on the wall, so that's... Uh, uh, that's classy yeah. nudity, though. She's wearing a top hat and black gloves. Does she have fingers? She's got fingers. Oh, I thought she was wearing black mittens. Welcome back, Matt. It's delighted to be back. It's good, very good to have you here. It's been, it feels like it was quite recent, but it was actually June. I was, uh, doing, I was looking back. Wow. So six months, like a twice-a-year appearance. Maybe that's the way to do it. I mean, any more than that, I guess, a little bit wary. How have you been? I've been really well. Um, very busy. Last time you joined, you were expecting... And now you have spawned. I have spawned. Well, my wife did the spawning. I, yeah. My work was done a bit earlier. My input into that particular business was <laughs> small, small and brief, but um, <laughs> here we are. Yes, Cora was born on the 15th of December, so I'm six weeks into dadding. You look, you look very well on that. Yes, it's makeup. Oh, it works for you, and I fully support your right to wear makeup. Yeah. So, see, so but uh, uh, six weeks, and how old is your kid? It's four months. Oh, crumbs! Really, that long? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were kind of both together in that no. sort of single okay. parents alone together. No, we are not, because we're not no. single and we're not together. No, and we're not, not alone. Yet. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean. I'm well ahead of the game. I can teach Matt some things over the course of the evening, but probably over dinner. People don't want to hear that stuff. No. They, they, they come to this podcast pr- principally for insights about food and the world of food. So and why are we here, James? Why are we here in this PDR, in this pub above hub? Um, we are here because I knew it was near Matt's work, but more importantly, um, the head chef here is the recently newly anointed Henry Harris. Is he newly anointed? No, he was always Henry he was Harris. Always Henry Harris. Like a lord or something. Let's start again. Henry Harris uh, was 
the chef patron of the absolutely awesome Racine in, uh, what do you call it, Fulham, Kensington? One of those. Back in the day, old school. Never went. I always wanted to. It's famous for the grouse every year, I think. Yeah. But I never managed to get there. And famous for the tartar. And Henry, I think as Tim Hayward put it, is the best French chef who has the decency to be British. Which seems a bit xenophobic. But um, yeah, his food's amazing. And I was pretty priapic on discovering he was going to be cooking here. And um, and then Matt said... What does that mean? What does that mean? Aroused. Tumescent. Mm. Yeah, that turgid. Yeah, know that turgid doesn't sound like that's what it means. Engorged. Though. Turgid, oh, turgid <laughs> sounds like it would be floppy. Yeah, or a bit boring. Flaccid. Oh, did you know? Uh, you know beetroots, vegetables, cre- crepudine beetroots, or whatever. Yeah, which everyone's like, oh, I'll put it on the menu. Mm. Uh, Sam, one of the chefs at Pigeon, rang up to order some from some vegetable day out. Can we get some, how many pounds of crepidine beetroots? He goes, well, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. He's like, crepidine beetroots? Oh, do you mean Canterbury's? Yeah, we'll send you some fucking Canterbury's. That's what they're called in English. Canterbury beetroot, not ah. crepidino. I, I don't know what, what distinguishes long, the Canterbury beetroot. They're long, they're they long. look like... Turgid, or engorged, <laughs> or engorged, uh, or any of the above. Yeah. Uh, so beats. anyway, it, this place reopened a week ago with Henry at the helm, and I thought, let's go and eat there. It's around the corner from Matt's work. We're getting on the podcast. It all synchronised beautifully, and here we are. Mm-hmm. And they very sweet. So big shout out to the coach and a thank you because um, I sent a series of, on retrospect, in retrospect, quite cryptic Instagram messages saying. Can I book a table for eight? And do you have a PDR where we can record a podcast? They were very confused, but here we are. And well, here that, is, that is very good of them, especially this early into the mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That door's a bit porny, isn't it? Oh, it's quite porn dungeon. Yeah, the top of it. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I'm into yeah. it. It's like a pulley system. Yeah. Painted Heavy iron. wrought. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and with any wrought. luck, with any luck, yeah. Henry is going to join uh, at some juncture to say a few words but. The new restaurant. So, what are you looking at me like that for? I'm looking for my phone. It's here. It's there. Is that what just dinged? Burke. Yeah. Yeah. You Burke. Can you call me a Burke? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Burke is rhyming slang. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Berkshire Hunt. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh you now. It's all good. No, no, it's me again. No, no. It I'm. I'm on silent yeah. all over the place. Silent now, silent. So that was my. And my wife. Um, cool. How was your Christmas? What does what does, <laughs> what does what does Racine mean? Root, I think. Root, I believe so. What is in map root, or is in? Is in no like the root of a vegetable. Oh, okay. is that right? I didn't know that. It's also a writer. Is yes, a writer? French dramatist. What that I didn't know. Wrote Phedre. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's all it is then. I feel it means root as well. Anyway, maybe it was named after the writer. It's an to. address in um, the Untouchables. Where Sean Connery lives. It is. It's where he gets. It's written it? on the matchbook, yeah, isn't it? Four, two, guy, three, yeah. Racine. Machine guns. Is that into the death. one with the racist line about the gunfight and the yeah. knife? Yeah. yeah. It's quite a lot of low-level right. racism in that about Irish but people. All right. So let's move on to food. <laughs> Segway beautifully. What was your view on the how xenophobic or unxenophobic the Julie Birchall review of Nula was? I thought you were moving, which was just a perfect segue into that. A, the pizza van that's called The Wop, yeah. or whatever, and also somewhere else is open called... Picky Ma- Wop. Picky yeah. Wop. Yeah. And people saying, God, yeah, that's pretty racist, because that's the line in The Untouchables, just like a wop brings a knife to a gunfight. That's it. Yeah, my half-Italian friend, Matt, says it's not racist. Yeah. So I think that's that case closed. 
All right. Uh, I mean, yeah, it depends who's saying it and what they, as we always, you know, intent. Uh, Nuala. Nuala. Um, did you read the... So Judy yeah, Burchill wrote a review of Nuala. was not very entertaining or funny, but no. it, according to Eater London, it contained seven xenophobic lines. And I was just like, a couple of them borderline, but some of them were just... They were stereotypes, I would say. Anyway, sorry, I asked you the question, then I answered it. Sam. Um... I don't. Uh, I mean, it's an Irishman my, yourself. My, yeah. Uh, my biggest disappointment is I don't really care what she said. My biggest disappointment is that the only person they could find to take over to do the reviews is somebody who has no connection with food, seemingly knows not a huge amount about food, and is kind of dated and as pretty you, much a has been. Pretty much a has been. Yeah, you're saying She's there's pretty no, cool in her day, though. Yeah, yep. in her day, which was a long, long time ago. And just the idea that the only person you can still find to write interestingly about food is somebody who last wrote a decent article or piece or whatever in what 1978 or something, and it was probably about Vivian Westwood or Sid Vicious or something, is just bores the. Well, you know, that's, it's just not permanent. Oh, is it not permanent? No, no, no. Oh, I thought it was. So are they going to give it to somebody permanent, or are they going to...? Presumably at some point, but uh, they're playing the old Guardian game of... Or, or have I got news for you? But it's just shuffle the cards mm. a little bit. What do you think, Matthew? About what? the reviewer slots and the standard, or about that? Yeah, that review. review. I thought it's, it struck me as sort of a pretty poor attempt to troll people. You know, sometimes like Giles Corrin... He's clearly writing something and he's, he's... You can imagine him gleefully sitting behind his keyboard thinking, this is going to really wind him up this time. Yeah. And he often does. Um, he's very good at that. I thought this was a bad version of trying to do something like that. Yeah. I actually read Julie Birchall's novel Ambition when I was about 13, 14, and it is absolutely disgustingly filthy. I loved it as right. a teenager. <laughs> What's it about? It's about a young, uh, sort of hip young gunslinging journalist who ends up in a very weird relationship with a media guy and I can't remember much more about it. I think he makes her do, like, various dirty challenges, including, I think she has to, like, have slut tattooed on her head or so. it's something weird like that, but there are all these filthy things she ends up doing involving... It's like Fifty Shades of Grey, but set in the enemy in the 70s. More, more like in the kind of, like, business class 80s uh, okay, right. New York and London big shoulder pads advertising right, world. Right, um, Those were the days... Yeah, I mean, it was eye-opening as a as a young boy in Hull who'd never been abroad to read about this glamorous world in London. That kind of stuff just, just just doesn't go on in Hull. Not that I ever saw. I mean, it probably does now. City of culture and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, that's what they got. Yeah, bunch of metropolitan elites probably fucking up Hull. Was keeping it real before. You been to Hull? Yeah, mid no, yeah. <laughs> brig, sure. Brig. Brig. Yeah. I remember nearby. playing football in Brig. Brigadier. Um, and then Beverly up the road. Bev, yeah. Like Bev. That's nice quite, that's eating a posh in Bev. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, um, no. Um, have you seen the film Brigadoon? Uh, no, never even heard of it. You never heard I of it? I must have heard of it. You never seen Brigadoon? I've seen it, yeah. yeah. I, I got little sisters and they watched all the musicals. Right. Yeah, it's, the, uh, it's a, a village or whatever. It appears. When does it appear? Once every hundred years, or yeah, something? It's like a ghost like town. It's like a ghost thing, and it appears in the mist in Scotland. Ah, Burgadoon, and it's a magical land that it's a town that appears however long for however long. Um, anyway, my <laughs> wife's a big fan of Brigadoon, right? And I got sent a fiver in the post, a Scottish fiver, 
bribery from a uh, reservations company just sent me a fiver through the post. That's so weird. Was there an accompanying letter? Yeah, with a letter, but with a paper clipped on was one of those mini post-it notes with a phone number. Call me, kiss, with a Scottish fiver, but it had Brigadoon on the back of it. It was a Brigadoon-themed fiver. Uh, which my wife, being a big fan, has mm. claimed for her own. Are they a Brigadoon-themed reservations company? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your bookings turn up every hundred years. That's very yeah. similar to the uh, booking system we open Magpie with. <laughs> where, uh, yeah. yeah. Idiots. Us yeah. and them. Yeah. I mean, them I mean, more than us. You know about looking gift horses in the mouth? We ought to have looked that gift horse in the mouth. And when it seems too good to be true, i.e. it's a sexy new platform, and it's free, and Noma are using it, yeah. Look in the mouth of that horse because it's probably going to shit a on you. Bulbous cyst about to explode mm. down the back of the horse's throat. That was grim. Sorry. So, Matt, fill James. us in. Baby, tick. Yeah. All, all been happy and yeah, she's great. Jess, my wife, is recovered and in fine fettle as Excellent. well. It's like keeping the horse theme going there. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm going to drop that now. I think <laughs> only bad things come of pursuing that analogy. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, getting more sleep than I thought I would, less than I'd like to have. Yeah. What are you, uh, what are you eating? Whatever is... Put yeah, like, but, but what's the... Because what's, you guys used to love going out... Oh, we're not, we're not eating out, that's yeah, for certain, you obviously. Out, yeah, you so must go out, get lunch, be something else. lunch, yeah. yeah. We've not made it out of the postcode, really, that's yet. Right. We'll, we'll Part of the fun, we'll it's, it's a nice yeah. time. But, yeah, no, we're cooking at home still. I, I, yeah. I kind of am doing as much of that as I can. And um, the various relatives have been very good at providing freezer oh, really? meals. Do Things that they've cooked and then frozen. Do you have a chest freezer? Or just a freezer in the bottom of your fridge? Just the latter. Yeah. Is yeah. that a... Me too. What is that question? <laughs> Should we go for all our white goods? That's like, <laughs> yeah. that's like that. That's like that no Because in my head, I'm thinking like you know when you see people, maybe it's in, like a hacked in up the deer in there or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And then people come by and they bring like big trays, big glass baking trays of or Pyrex. Or sort of yeah. for a potluck. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And you think, ah, oh, well, I've got nowhere to put it, like because my freezer's full. Of like, dead bodies. Freezers yeah. are always full. His freezer's full. Let me tell you something about a freezer, though. Yeah? Our freezer had a reorganisation, right? When did you do that? Before or after you went on holiday? Because I was rummaging in that freezer when you were away. Let did you look you. at the labels? Uh, yeah, I did see the labels. Actually. Yeah, it was quite organised. It genuinely made a world of difference. Before, uh, it would, I'd always try and have some sort of system, and it never worked. As soon as you add labels into the mix, all right? Top, dairy and miscellaneous. Next, uh, cooked. Next, raw meat... <laughs> and fish, and the next fruit and veg, and even my wife, who, who who generally gives two fingers to any systems I put in place, is stuck to it. And it's great because you know where everything is. Where do you put the ice and the vodka? Uh, top miscellaneous and miscellaneous. dairy. I mean, there's only so much dairy you need in the freezer. Mm. Yeah. The one thing, and back up, I was, I mean, I was trying to make a meal out of stuff at James's. What I did when James was away, I kept thinking, oh, I'm gonna, get, I'll get a delivery. But then I would psych myself out of the delivery. Having looked at everything for yeah. long enough, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not going to have delivery. There are a lot of eggs. 
there was a tin of tomatoes. He doesn't know that I stole this from him, by the way, so I'm going to have to give him some money. He looks furious. Um, I'm a bit baffled by this tomato omelette that's uh, in the offering. <laughs> well, my witless chum, there was also a bag of frozen spinach. And I thought, greens, that's what I need. Yeah, I am- one thing you can rely upon at James's is there will be a number of dried spices. Any dried spice you're in the market for, he probably has it. He pours them out of their pots into cutesy glass pots with in his handwriting what they contain. System. I do that. It is a system. I do that, Dear. but we've got a Dymo label maker. Yeah, that would be better, because his handwriting is beautiful, but it's yeah. too Illegible. poetic. I'm like, what does that say? Cumin, caraway, who knows? Um, but I made Dymo. a shakshuka. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then, but the only thing that was weird in your freezer was, you had frozen takeaway pizza in there. No. What, so it been cooked and delivered and then not? Yeah. Nah, I don't fancy it. Oh, really? That weird. must have been rosy. It was mm. strange. That's very Because I was thinking, ah, oh, delicious, cold pizza, but frozen, then what would you do with it? I, I mean, there's cold pizza and there's really cold pizza. Yeah, <laughs> icy pizza, probably not, yeah. Yeah, that must have been rosy. It sounds like the kind of thing you do if you're really sleep-starved and you're actually planning on putting it in the oven to warm up later and you get yeah. a bit confused and put it in the, freezer. In the freezer. I've been doing lots of that kind of stuff. Like but then I was thinking, oh, it would be quite nice dipped in my shakshuka, but I thought I'm not going to go down there. And also I thought, well, it's a weird thing to put in your freezer. It must be there for a reason. Maybe it was like a special occasion. They had that pizza and then they, like, kissed afterwards. So yeah. Or maybe it's got the <laughs> funky <laughs> topping like yeah. you can get in Asia where, yeah. you know, Ooh. mad things happen. Zing, I always zing. feel uh, shakshuka is one of those dishes that over promises oh for sure it wasn't great to be fair it wasn't great but what I did really enjoy was using that brilliant pan of yours pan's oh, it's not lovely, the right word. Yeah. it's the, a lovely the, pan the Cruze black one with yeah. the built in handles it's, you could do you could a do terrible a good, way to describe it it's a stunning pan you could do a good bibimbap in that of course you can Yeah, I mean, it's not stone with dulcet doesn't that mean stone stone Anyway, the dulcet, isn't that the name but of the stone? But it's a stunning one. It was so good, I started messaging my mum, going, Ma, if ever you're at the Le Creuset outlet store at Gunwolf Keys in Portsmouth, and you see one <laughs> of these, can you get me one? Because they're awesome. Uh, I cooked a risotto in it last night. Did you? Yes. What, what is so amazing about this pan? I'm just, it's just it, a good shape, yeah. it's a good size. Conducts heat in a beautiful way. That's also the induction, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, be- it's stunning. It right. really is stunning. It was a mushroom to me to use it. It yeah. moved me. Tweet a photo, maybe. <laughs> you did a what? A mushroom risotto. Mushroom risotto. I thought you were only vegan till six. I am. Oh, but vegetarian till Friday. Uh, I'm just generally eating less meat. And Rosie, I mean, there's chicken stock. Can vegans no. not eat mushrooms? They can, but risotto. You're chucking in some butter and some cheese, aren't you, Matt? Oh yeah. No. A touch, I suppose. A generous yeah. touch. I mean, yeah. it's sort of. Uh, I'm not going to get pervy. How was it, How was the risotto? It was a grope more than a touch. <laughs> Um, it was a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. What did you have with it? Nothing. Nothing. You don't have any greens, right? No, because rocket, they, rocket um, salad. Didn't have spritz of lemon. No, because the freezer, the fridge was full of stuff for Rosie's shoot. In fact, I had to purloin some risotto from that shoot. So thanks to magazine for um, lending us, for giving mm. us that. What did you have for dinner? I haven't had any dinner yet today. Yesterday, Matthew. Yesterday, I made some kind of Korean. Chicken business. Yeah. What's that? Is it gochujang? I don't know how you yeah. say it. Some oh, of yeah. that with soy and honey, chicken thighs, bake that, yeah. ate that with some rice, spring yeah, onions. It's better with Sam Jang and not. <laughs> gochujang dreams about being what Sam Jang is. Yeah, and it was Monday night. Yeah, right. I'll uh, yeah. Tell us about your dinner last night, Sam. Oh my god, did I have a fucking terrible dinner last night? James's again? <laughs> he wishes uh, it was mine. I went to. 
Oh. And it was truly one of the worst dinners that I've had in London. Actually, it was the worst dinner I've had in London since James and I went to... Wow. I hope you're going to beat those. Of course yeah. I'm going to beat those. It, I... wasn't, it wasn't that long ago that we went there, though. Yeah. Because this place that you just mentioned is near my work, and that means it is one of the few places I have eaten in the last few months. Right. Did you enjoy it? I've eaten there, well, I've eaten there quite a few times and always, always enjoyed it, it, and it's always been good. Uh, it was truly appalling. Why? Uh, you do get the sense... I mean, that it must have been a really off night, given... How you know? Not that you, you didn't just think that yeah. I was a bit crap and overpriced. You were like, it was awful. It was awful. Tell yeah. us about the uh, the service. Seemed to have been service. There. Service began badly, and we, we we walked in, and uh, the girl on the door. I guess she was the host or something. Was like, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I, I, can we? Do you have a table for for two? Uh, well, there's the bar, or there's the restaurant, which is à la carte. So, oh, um, I guess the restaurant, if you if you have a spot. I'll check. So, storms off. Like, obviously, like, really sort of pissed off with us. Um, anyway, it comes back. Yeah, we have a table. Do you want to hang up your coats and your bags? So, oh, yeah, that would be great. So she takes the coats, but not the bags. So I walk into the restaurant with my rucksack. What sort of time is this? Uh, eight o'clock. Okay, all right. So, so it's, it's only turn up at ten o'clock when they're sort of... Oh, no, 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 no. Eight, eight o'clock, yeah. which I was quite surprised. Mm. So this all sounds quite normal, if a bit frosty. Oh, very frosty. Uh, then we sit down and wait good, good, fair few minutes, and then eventually a, a girl comes over and says, um, uh, do, can I get you some wine, a cocktail? What's that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a menu or anything, though. <laughs> um, which I, I said to James earlier, I wish I'd have asked for a Miami Vice. <laughs> some, some ridiculous drink um, but eventually yeah so that came over and then um, we eventually got a drink and it took a really long time just to get a glass of wine and then the food came and it was it was just dreadful really just crap seasoned appallingly badly it was just ridiculously expensive yeah it's definitely the, expensive the, the main course is I was just like I'm not ordering any of that because it's just ludicrous amount of money what are you looking at for Maine? like probably start at 17 quid yeah. 18 quid there's you can get a like veg option for 16 bit of lamb for like 25 I think and it was genuinely just terrible and there's a lot of talent obviously involved with that restaurant as a whole yeah. and people have said how good it is so as I said afterwards when everyone was messaging me asking me what it was I said yeah maybe it was a bad night but it was appalling, and the amount of money it cost was just infuriating. Yeah, because the finish of the restaurant, the design, uh, and the furniture is beautiful. It's really kind of done. A bit like this place, actually. Yeah. Kind of. So they must just be motoring to, to you know, pay back the. Yeah. But I just said, costs, Monday's a shit night, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, they do. The bread was nice. The scallops were nice, and everything else was fucking terrible. Oh, as well, this guy—he must have been like a floor manager or something, because um, everyone else seemed sort of quite casual, wearing aprons, yeah, aprons and shirts. But then he was in a suit or whatever. So maybe he was a sommelier or something. But he came over and went, "Oh, can I take that?" It was the wine list. I was like, "Oh no, I'll just hold on to it because I'm going to get another glass of wine." So we weren't drinking heavily; it was a couple of glasses of wine. Uh, and he's like, "No, I'll take it." And I was like. No, it's, it's fine, because I'm going to order another glass of wine in a minute. And he was like... <sighs> and so there was all these, like, sort of huffing and tutting. And then when we left, we were trying to get our bags, because eventually she'd taken my rucksack and the coats. But she, um, she didn't want to sort of acknowledge we were there, so I just sort of reached in and took them. So 
Mm. Fair, I have been there a few times and I've never had such an all-round shite experience as you're describing. Well, everyone messaging me was like, oh, I had a really great time when I went yeah. there. So. What's the last excellent experience you have, Matt? Let's keep things on the positive. Excellent experience. Well, as, as aforementioned, I haven't been out much. I did but, have a very good lunch in Magpie. Uh, yeah, I just mean, I, the week. well, I put a note on your booking. Please send them a drink from us. Got a message from the team afterwards. He was in a business meeting, so we didn't send him a drink. I, 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 Ajax asked if that would be ah. appropriate, and I said, actually, one of the people I'm with is an important client and doing dry January. So it might look a bit like you're trying to troll them. Right. But very many thanks, which clearly okay. wasn't then communicated. So. Ah, right, yeah. So thank you for... Not yeah, absolute pleasure. Drinks. VIP, yeah. you know, it's always on there. Yeah. VIP, friend of James and Sam, good dude, I believe is the wording. Good dude. I was, I was, I behaved myself. Um, what else? Have, where else have we been? I mean, that place you just mentioned, we've had very good meals at. Maybe they just hated me. And maybe that. Maybe it's they were just face. like, we're going to send him out a load of food yeah. with no salt in it. It doesn't taste That's anything. The, th- the thing is, it can. It's funny how it can snowball, and from the our end of things. I've had tables where you just like it's all gone wrong for them, and for some reason, once it starts to go wrong, you're like, "Oh, that's shit," and then they wait too long for a dish, and then you know, it's, and then you when you get in that mindset that it's crap, and then you're looking for yeah, other things thing, that thing are reinforcing. That I, got, I just got the impression like there wasn't any, there wasn't. You didn't get the impression they were, you know, they must have known. Come on, the, it was all cooked really badly, and it didn't taste nice, and it was. You know, we waited ages for a drink and nobody even said, oh, sorry, or, you know, just not even like... It wasn't the end of the world. You know, you start off and you are you, mm. you would completely let the entry to the place go and the and the thing of, can I get you a drink with no menu? I'd let all of that go. I don't care. You know, people just miss yeah. it. You know, even if it was just like, oh, sorry, you know, or, oh, you want to keep the menu? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no worries. You know, you just... But none of that. So, yeah. that, so that's why the rage builds mm. up. Mm. I mean, it was a very um, ragey tweet. It was, a, I mean, it was entertaining. It was, because I was furious. Because yeah. I was furious. You, you still seem it. I am. I really am. Let because it it's, um, I know it's super unentertaining just to bitch and moan, but I just think certain restaurants where the assumption that they're, oh, yeah, oh, that place is brilliant, and everyone says it's brilliant. Because obviously a lot of people do have good experiences there. But some of it as well. I'm just like, that's nonsense. Uh, anyway, yeah, you're, it's not yeah. entertaining to bitch and moan, but yeah. and it did annoy me. So I thought of two places I've been... Both in, You're not allowed in my to say ends. Hedoni. No, I'm not going to say that because that's right. really, really far. You're going to say Sparrow. Sparrow Let's Notion. Uh, Sparrow Notion we've been to quite a few times because it's round the corner from where we live, and that's really nice. In a, like many, many places, very Saint John in the kind of style of food. But I think there are. I think it's a husband and wife, and I think it's her. I think she's Sri Lankan, so there's quite a lot of Sri Lankan style touches. You get a really good beef. Massaman curry that's always on the menu. And then someone at the next table fat shames you. <laughs> you haven't listened to the episode, but... Yeah. I mean, I'm frequently fat shamed, so... No. <laughs> I got fat shamed in Sri Lanka. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Oh, yeah. So they've got good Sri Lankan vibes and they do really nice brunches where you get the upams, you know, those... Yeah, sort of, hoppers. Yeah, all that gear. So that's nice. And also, also near me is uh, Winemakers in Deptford, which yeah. is... Again, you go and it'll, be, it'll say on the menu before Christmas this was ham and red cabbage and you get some big slices of ham a big chunk of delicious pickled red cabbage and then maybe some mustard and that's God, it got to have mustard with that haven't you absolutely um, but like quite simple really nice wine obviously that's and really really friendly do you know what I'd want with that Matt just to tie it all together Sam would hate it a baked potato oh I think there was 
I think they gave some mash or possibly pom- Dauphin I don't know. Okay. But yeah, I think it's mash. But yeah, there was some kind of carbon. It's like some bread with it. Nah. Slab of bread? What? But then you got a sickle cabbage? No, it was warm. Oh, okay, that's weird. Sort of braised red cabbage. Yeah, but like with vinegar in there, so I had that. Yeah, it was just oh, like You've got to have some vinegar in any braised red cabbage. Mouth. So I thought you were taking more like a sort of Christmas sandwich vibe, which would be. No, pickled, no, it was like, it was like a red cabbage and cold. Oh, and then you're going bread, of course. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I thought that was. That was maybe the next day for lunch, I don't know. Right, right, right. But they were, the food is really good, the wine's excellent, and at the time, my wife was 40 weeks plus a week pregnant, so very. So how delayed was this arrival? 11 days. Ooh. So this was like three or four days before Fair she up. finally popped and she was huge and uncomfortable and they were incredibly accommodating bless them and gave me loads of wine I think that's simple that did was accommodating go, you go there? we went to the um, Farringdon one Farringdon. yes down the road I enjoyed that that was good yeah we had a yeah, good time we did any, any road yeah um, well, so some positives for you yeah that's what we need I think um, it's very easy to get cynically negative I do it too you know we're in the business of being analytical, and usually that comes with being more negative than positive. So, yeah. are you positive about the uh, landscape of London restaurants in the coming twelve months? Big question. I mean, I think well, there's been loads of announcements, hasn't there? Last week, two weeks of places, often chain places that are closing down because they can't make ends meet anymore. Plus, some quite sort of there was the place Norse, was it? They did yeah. their big post about, oh, my God, we can't keep things open. And I think, was it Nuno Mendes had said something similar yeah. as well? So there's obviously, like, it's really tough out there. That's very apparent. And with the forthcoming Brexit and all the changes that's going to wreak, I don't feel particularly positive about it. But then there are still lots of interesting-looking places opening that I'll be able to go to in two or three years' time. Yeah, I, I think it's probably, you know, as ever, a balance. And no, I don't think it's all doom and gloom at all, but... On the whole, the places that have been closing haven't been fantastic. I'd say there are a few anomal- you know, f- exceptions to that. Eight Hoxton Square, for example. Paradise Garage I always really liked. Um, I think both of those are down to location. And my gut feeling is that a lot of it is places that have been probably struggling for a while, put a finger in the air and go, it's not getting any better to cut our losses now get the yeah. fuck out of this what do you make of the chains then because I think chains are quite interesting because it's easy to be sneery about them some of them are better than others but if you're perhaps not rolling in money and you've got young family a lot of these chains are the sorts of places that you can afford to go and eat and they're kind of serving a market and doing a reasonably good job at that I think in some I don't places. think they're actually as cheap as you first the perception would say oh yeah it's cheap but like Jamie's Italian, like I always used to quite enjoy Jamie's Italian. It was always pretty good, um, and then had gone noticeably, got noticeably worse. I remember when they first opened. We were, we were on tour or something. When the, there was one in Bristol, maybe, mm-hmm. and it was quite early. There, there can't be many of them, and it being like, oh yeah, it's great. Ah, oh, there's Jamie's Italian. That'd be a good place to eat. In the same way that like Wagamama was, mm. and that's not even and that, that. That went shit completely. Yeah. yeah, but that wasn't even that long ago. You know, when we were in the band, like ten years ago or something. Mm. And if you had one of those in a town, you're like, oh, that's great. Mm. Oh, I can eat there, and that's relatively healthy and semi decent ingredients. So that's fine. But then, so anyway, so I think a lot of them went crap. But then. Also, they're not that cheap. Like, Jamie's Italian, if you went there with, like, family, 
you're walking out spending a fair whack of money, which you think independent places where maybe you're getting, you know, they do a set menu or a prefix or something. Like, you could get out of there not spending that much money. But I think, like, it's even somewhere like Strada or wherever, you're looking at what what was like a plate of pasta, main, still to use... 12, 12 quid, yeah. Which is, you know, pretty standard pricing for most places, you know, apart from where I went the other fucking night. Um, but, you know, I don't think they were that cheap and they were pretty crap. So, and so, if they don't have any love given to them because they're, oh, it's just a crappy chain, then... Well, they're usually invested in by for, private equity, aren't they? they? Yeah. They're just going to be relentlessly trying to cut their costs and get margin out of them yeah. and just race to the bottom. So fuck them, basically, is your... No, no, not at all. No, I just think when sometimes, I guess, these places make these decisions to expand, you know, like... Which, I'll cut that, but... You know, supposedly they combined all their suppliers into one supplier, so they have some cheapy supplier that does the meat and the vegetables all in one, and they're saving a lot of money, so it helps them to expand and blah, 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 all of that. But the quality there is noticeably worse than it used to be. Like, you would go there a few mm. years ago and be like, oh, that's fine, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. But I don't think you would now. Quite exciting when they open. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But even a couple of years ago, you'd go and go, oh, that's pretty good food, mm. you know, pretty good ingredients, pretty well cooked. And now it's like, God, that is proper gross, a lot of it. You know, it's no different than a sort of crappy Pizza Express or whatever. But you're paying 25% more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm not down on chains in theory, in principle, like anyone. But, um, you know, as soon as it's the quality's poor or the, you know, man, you know, as soon as the sort of joy and love goes out of it, then fuck them, yeah. Uh-huh. Ah. The chef, no, no. Thank you for joining us, Chef Henry Harris. Do you like being called Chef? As in yeah, Chef Henry Harris, like American style? Um, sometimes, actually. Just Chef or Henry. Mm. Mixing two is a bit too... Yeah, Chef's quite, quite nice. Sure. No. Um, thanks for having us. And tell us how it's going. Uh, it's going very well. Um, we've been open for just over a week. I'm rather enjoying... Working without the constraints of a white tablecloth. Does that does that change how you approach a menu? Yes, it brings. I think it makes it easier to have an immediacy to it and create changes. Um, and you don't always. You, know, you can lavish the same attention on a sandwich as you do on a fillet steak if you want to. Like that, yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. So how long were you sort of out of the kitchen, you know, to, I'm assuming you're sort of day-to-day now, every day, but in the... Well, I sold Racine three years ago. Right. Almost to the week. And I've been in and out of other people's kitchens helping um, World Consultancy. Nice. Which I enjoy, but because you don't have quite the same sense of ownership, even if you're not an owner... Um, it, you do feel that you're kind of slightly detached from it because you always, you know, you then step away. And as is often the case with consultancy, often, you know, it stops. Yeah. And they'll carry on without you, either yeah. well or not so well. <coughs> can Depends I, how can, much they listen, really. Can we ask where you've been consulting? Uh, I did some consultancy for about a year and a half for the Groucho Club. Oh, of course, yeah. Which was very enjoyable. And, you know, I still have a very good relationship with them. Uh, little bits and pieces here and there and then last year I helped a family in Warwickshire in Shipston Stour get a restaurant open so that was more as kind of on the operational side rather than as a chef I suppose with 
my restaurateur's hat on. Yeah. I had very little to do with the food, actually. And did that. That was for a six-month period. And then from that, then started to get involved with my current partners, which was a you know, few months of discussions and seeing if we liked each other. Hopefully, we do. Yes. Um, no, and it worked. It's, you know, finding people with an enthusiasm um, to go into, you know, go afresh into our trade, but to also do it um, with a degree of common sense, asking lots of questions, um, bringing a lot of business acumen and actually just common sense from the other side, and. Um, has made something that's proving to you know work very smoothly at the moment and enjoyably. And how much pressure do you feel from the uh, Racine sort of fan club? Um, not too much really. We've had brain, you know, the, the old the old stalwarts are on the steak tartare, the rabbit with mustard, brains. We've had tete de veau on. We've got some andouillette on tonight. Um, so there is that whole kind of the all parts of the animal taken care of you know you're playing the greatest hits but you're probably going to bring in some new material as well <laughs> um, yes um, Aurelian who is um, our chef here at the coach um, is from well he's originally from Brittany but grew up in the Vendée right. has um, we have a very common view as to what good food is not mess around with simple presentation you know, as Prudith once said food should make you hungry and want to eat it rather than impress you with its ornateness and I think that we're doing the former rather than the latter um, and so it's a very uh, pretty room though mm. up here it is it's a dining room we're making pubs with dining rooms you walk in there's a bar it's got beer yeah. it's got a fine array of spirits and <laughs> but it doesn't have you know knives and forks on every table you know there are you know the G word gastropubs you know, we've got the, the original, you know, the original around the corner where the food is still fantastic and it's just such a lovely place to go. But there are so many people who followed on from the Eagle who take, you know, can't decide whether they're a pub, whether they're a pub or a restaurant. So you walk in and you see knives and forks everywhere and you, know, you walk up to the bar and go, can I have a drink? Which is... Most bizarre thing to want to do in a pub. So we're doing pubs with dining rooms. You walk into the front, it's not laid up. It's obvious it's a pub. There's a dining room at the back, which is very casual. This one is, whilst not having white tablecloths, is certainly a little more um, formal, yeah. more sense of occasion. But at the same time, actually, all it does do is, you know, reflect the Victorian heritage of the building. Yeah, I mean, it does look... Incredible. When will you be reinstating the pub quiz? The pub quiz? Well, I was talking... To, um, that was always run here by Giles Webster, mm. the previous owner and landlord, and Neil Davey. And I've spoken to both of them, and they're both very keen to do it. Oh, nice. I was um, sort of joking, but... Um... I don't know. We are definitely... Yeah, I want to do it. You know, you know pubs without a pub quiz. So was this or, about a food quiz? They were, the theirs names. were. I went to one that they did once, which was without a doubt one of the most fiendish pub quizzes I've ever been to, and it was food-based, including every table being given a bag full of biscuit crumbs, which we all looked at and were then told there are ten different types of biscuit in there. Oh. identified. <laughs> That's brilliant. 
That is brilliant. That's and, quite inspiring. Uh, that was really quite clever. There were some bits, you know, uh, chocolate bourbon you can't really mix or a hobnob, but there were or Bath Oliver. Yeah, I mean, a custard cream and rich tea. I mean, ground mm. up. I can see there being a bit. But uh, there were, you know, there were some that, you know, just what, just watching people try and work it out must have been quite entertaining. Yeah. Well, that idea, well, I was, when I was talking to Giles about it, he said the whole idea is not necessary to get the question right, but to enjoy trying to get it right mm. and yeah. enjoy coming up with an appropriate or very inappropriate answer to the question. <laughs> so, uh, looking forward to continuing that. I love that. We'll form a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've only ever entered one pub quiz in my life and did not do well. Was at the Boogaloo in Highgate. That's there. a great pub. That's a great pub. Yeah. Shane McGowan sat at the bar, sort of growling at people. He lives there, isn't and he? I think he did. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anymore. It's not not a good way. Is it not? You. His birthday party. Did you see this over there? No. His birthday party. All these people performing to celebrate him, and he had a fall outside the studio, hurt his back oh, in a wheelchair, and suddenly looks really old. I mean, is his, is his tooth falling out? He's got. You know, he's got a new set of teeth. I think that's his fourth new set of teeth, but uh, yeah, he did not look in a good way. It's a sad thing to see. Mm. Oh, I love pub quizzes. Mm. So much so that we had a pub quiz at our wedding. <laughs> really? That's good. Yeah. Well, it was in a pub, the wedding. Uh-huh. And you know that bit in the middle of the day, so you've done the ceremony in the upstairs function room and it's too long or stretched until dinner and you don't want people to just drink because you can't afford that with my friends. So we thought, oh, we'll, we'll do a pub quiz. So we put everyone in teams and got in a pub quiz sky. Did you get a bit over-competitive, though? Uh, I came a political second place. OK. My team. Nicely done. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> you don't compete on your own. It's like... Exactly. Bride, fuck this marriage nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, what do we have to eat tonight? What do you have to Other eat than tonight? Andrea, I'm afraid Matt might, but... Mm, it's not my top favourites. No. no, it's not everyone's. It's quite a particular like. taste, isn't it? It does. I mean, trying to explain it to people, it took a, a long time to work out how to, you know, explain politely to people what it is. And normally what we do is we always, if someone orders it, occasionally we'll get people who order things in restaurants where, or pubs, um, where they think it's something else. Yeah. Um, you know, typically, steak tartare comes. I didn't realise that that steak wasn't cooked. Um, doesn't happen very often, but... What's the one? Mr. So we have, you know, we always, when they order the Andriette, we always get, oh, you like the, you know, all the tripe sausage. And then if they're listening, um, there they go, yes, I love it. It's not quite tripe, though, is it? And, or they go, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Um, when press, we just describe it as the last stop before fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect. Um, I ordered it by accident in Paris as a, as a youngster. As I did steak tartare, I was a very mm. stupid child, and uh, steak tartare was a successful error. Andouillet was not. Okay. Okay. I cooked them on. We were on holiday a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, I've never cooked them before. I'm going to get some. I got some in the market, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm into these. Started cooking them, and then my wife came downstairs. My kids ran out screaming out of the kitchen, and my wife was like, "What the bloody hell is that smell?" I was like, "Oh, you know, it's a French country cuisine. It's going to be delicious." And, I just I think I took a bite because I put some time in to cook them, and um, but no, not for me. Well, my wife Denise, we only, the only time we've almost had a kind of public confrontation was when I sitting in Beaufanger in Paris was a, a family meal. They all ordered, and I said, "Hell, I'll have the andouillette," and she said, "You're not having it with us sitting at the table." And I said, 
but I want it. And she said, you have to show a little kind of compassion and understanding that none of us want to smell that or be near you. <laughs> um, and I did back down. And but it was kind of, you know, I had a manly sulk for what, five minutes yeah. till I got mm. halfway through a carafe of Riesling and then <laughs> carried on. Um, and but she does notice if I've eaten one and then come home. Oh, that's so been busted. Mm. But you've been mm. you'd had a couple of pints of that. You've been eating on the air again. <laughs> but you know, I mean, going back to what to have this evening, the menu we're doing here is. I thought it was quite small, but we have actually got probably ten main courses on now, including with the specials included as well. And the idea was to have a short menu of four dishes in each course that change regularly but mm. we just kind of get carried away so that's nice duck confit with lentils mm. um, the rabbit with mustard there's some omelette with bone marrow butter and chips there's a lovely filleted pollock with calshot and romesco sauce there's baked tomatoes with creme fraiche and herbs on grilled focaccia should that's, you want to have veganuary yeah. without the creme fraiche because that's dead. Almost meat free Monday. Yeah. I was yesterday doing almost did a meat free Monday at home. <laughs> and garnished, almost it with lamb, yeah, garnished it with lamb chops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's having your cake and eating it. I, mm. this, this meal would be vegan if you took away the cheese and the, uh, the fried mints. But it's just Same a burger. And the steak tartare, there's simple salads. I'm going to find it hard to resist soup. steak tartare. Mm. It's making me really hungry. Right, I think one more drink and we'll finish this off and then... uh... That was Henry Harris, Chef Henry Harris. Um... I just had a little look at the menu downstairs when I went to get our drinks. It looks very much like the Racine menu in the best possible way. Yeah. I'm um, excited. I was just talking to him. Um, James just went to the bar to get a drink, so I hope you enjoyed that rendition of Goldfinger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just saying, um, which I suddenly thought, as I was saying, God, this kind of sounds like I'm insulting him, but saying, what I wanted to say was, it seems like there's been quite a sort of, not groundswell, that's not the right word, um, you know, quite a lot of people super psyched that he's back and cooking in London, which is great. Yeah. You know, yeah. that must feel really nice to know that people actually give a shit about what you do and have missed you doing what you do. And um, so... And then I sort of said, oh, have you seen the Jeremiah Tower documentary, The Last Magnificent? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I have seen it. And then, then I realised that sort of doesn't end well. That's He comes out of retirement and takes over the tavern on the green and it gets appalling reviews and uh, <laughs> then he quits or gets fired or whatever and it's all... Um, so I suddenly thought, God, actually, I hope that Henry didn't think that... I, was... I don't think he drew, thought you were drawing a comparison. No, but it was a similar thing. Of like, It would be a sort of weird... It would be kind of flattering and then at the same time... Yeah. Not. But have you seen that documentary? I have not. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. I didn't end up watching it the other night. Did you? It's very good. But he said yeah. um, Henry just Netflix? recommended, yeah, and Henry just recommended King George, which is a documentary about Le Becfin in um, Philadelphia, and the sort of story of that, which was a super famous French restaurant in Philadelphia, which he said is one of the best films he could recommend. Documentary. That was good of him. Yeah. 
All right, that's enough about Henry fucking Harris. Like, we're already here eating his fucking food, drinking his beer. So maybe we stop talking about him. Yeah. What have you got? I've got so <laughs> no, I've got no notes for this week, other than I listened briefly to the uh, Containers podcast, uh, the podcast, uh, the podcast, uh, the podcast, and. Yeah. And I said I was going to do a proper jingle. I will. Um, yeah, I couldn't get into it, but I can see why you liked it. Did it's you finish it? Is dull there going to be another series of it? I, of course, I've, I've listened to the whole thing. It's fascinating. But is there going to be more episodes? No, it was Containers like a... Containers season was, two? It's definitely, I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely it's fascinating, but in, 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 in a way that probably, if you study what concrete, you, that's quite interesting too. Concrete could... I mean, have you seen the film Locke with the great Tom Hardy? No. Where he, the whole film is just a camera on him and he's in a car and he's driving from one place to another Classic and he's on the Hardy. phone with various people and he's a concrete... Um, Salesman. He's, he, he's, no, he's buying a lot of concrete for a building site that he's running and it, it, I'm making it sound dreadful. It's completely riveting for an hour and a half and he's going on, oh, we need more of the C5. He's Welsh. Oh. Um, and going on about all these different concretes, I mean, like most things, if you bother C5 to... an explosive? That's C4. Yeah. That's C5. C5 is very C5 stable. Is you can bigger. build a building with it, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's most things are interesting if you bother to take an interest true. in them. I just like started containers. I just started following Tom Hardy on Instagram. That was a silly thing to yeah. do. Celebs of that ilk. He's really into motorbikes and wears appalling jeans. Which just kind of broke my heart a little bit, because you know me, I love me some bait. Yeah. Um, what would you say your top? I'd say three. So no, let's do two. Top two most interesting facts about containers you learnt from the Containers podcast that I listened to about eighteen months ago. Well, can't have been that interesting if you don't remember any of it. Well, I think they're. I can't believe you're doing this to me. I think. Do you know where they began? Where sh- the main shipping began? Because because it's at the beginning of the podcast, which is what I've listened to. It's not the only bit... No, go on, Dusseldorf. Well, San Francisco was where oh, was the really? main hub of world shipping mm. to start with. And by making them all the same size, it basically enabled globalisation to happen because you could move shit around the world oh, but it was much, it, but it much was... more cheaply. But the, the Americans lost the fight over what is going to be the right size, and now they eventually adapted, so they didn't win that one. And wasn't there an interesting whole thing about Vietnam and shipping basically enabled the Vietnam War? Or did we yeah, talk about that? Yeah, because that's the only way they could cost-effectively move that amount of gear from one place to another. Hueys. Yeah, and, and then you've Jeeps. got the whole... It's like the kind of death of one industry, because you used to have stevedores, who were the men who would... And uh, longshoremen, they're called in the States, and they would load up all of the ships. So, they, you know, you would have, like... 150 million tonnes of bananas and you'd have to put them sack by sack into a ship and it was highly skilled work because there would be all sorts of shit in a different ship and then containers suddenly it was just like plonk, 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 plonk one on top of the other and so this entire cast of employee these quite skilled but quite physically demanding work they were more or less eradicated of the sort of third quarter of the... Yeah, well, and now... There used to be, they moved from having all these stevedores to people that just move containers around, and then now it's just robots doing it. Hardly anyone Industrialization, left on discuss, just did, move on. That's probably enough, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, last week I said something that I'm sort of mildly ashamed about, some out-of-order thing that I do, which is what I do with gum. Uh, my wife listened to that podcast yesterday and said, oh, yeah, by the way, stop throwing gum in the bush, which I assume would happen. Did happen. She said stop so doing it. It's not a euphemism. Has she checked the bush? Uh, no, but she said that bush is coming down in the summer, and I said it's not, unless you want to dig up all it's that the gum. gum it's going to be a gum. Yeah, it's a gum tree. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what grew. You know, I never knew. Yeah. Um, Sing the kookaburra song. Uh, but yeah, so you were supposed to think something. You said earlier, James, that you can't think of anything out of order that you do. Uh, I'm sure I could. I just haven't spent. Uh, I, I forgot, to be honest. So I reminded you this afternoon. And yeah, you, and then I was busy with other things, well, bigger well. things on my mind. Uh, Matt, but well, you, okay, let me answer. Oh, I thought you, you just said you didn't think of anything. Well, one just popped into my head. Okay. So uh, if I hear Nora crying upstairs and I'm asleep, and I'll just be like, oh, pretend like I'm still asleep, and let Rosie go up. But that is partly, and I do say to her frequently, if it, if you're not going up to feed her, kick me, and I'll go up and tell her to quieten down. Whack. But um, don't I don't sanction hitting kids ever mostly, um, but I was like I don't know if you're getting up to feed her so there's no point in me jumping out of bed, and then Rosie's like oh I'm going to go and feed her. Yeah, you're not sounding very ashamed of this. I'm not. No. But it's it's, it's no, but it's a bit of a dick move to be like oh fuck it, you know as opposed to being like are you alright? Do you want me to go up? I never do that. No. And uh, Jess, my wife, if you're listening, I've never once done what James is describing. <laughs> but in my defence, as soon as if I hear Tom make a squeak in the night, that I'm straight out of bed because that's my zone of terror. What about and I, you, and I do terrorise him. Just... <laughs> what about things I'm ashamed of? What like low-level stuff yeah, or like, you know, like criminal me, convictions? Me so you do it. So my thing was. If I have gum in my mouth when I get to my house, I throw it into a bush in our front garden. And when I'm on the tube, so I don't like to get stuck on a tube train. So I and sometimes you can't get to a bin. Usually mm. I'll put it in a bin if the bin's there. But sometimes you can't get there, it's busy or whatever. And I'll throw it under the tube train, between the platform and the train. Sure. But the other day I missed the gap and just hit the platform and somebody's going to tread on that and that's going to ruin their day. And I felt bad about it. So I was like, I don't feel good about me doing it. I, don't, I wouldn't drop on the pavement or anything. No way, I'm not gross. But so that was my thing. Is, like, is there anything sort of slightly sort of shameful, slightly out of order that you do? I mean, many things. I think one thing I do that is less harmful to other people, but is I'm a, I'm a little bit ashamed of, is if I'm bored at work in a meeting, which for any colleagues who are listening never happens, <laughs> um, I, I will kind of obsessively run my fingers over my eyebrows and then the ones that feel unconscionably long, I will pluck them out and then sort of save them on a page in my notebook. Really? So I've got, like, by the end of the meeting, you know, maybe, like, ten more sort of little, or quite long, eyebrow hairs just popping out there. That's fucking weird. Quite, that's quite psycho, <laughs> Which is a bit weird, and also it's kind of such an ingrained habit that I often don't know I'm doing it, so I might be in a meeting with someone very important. You start plucking your eyebrow. <laughs> well, not even plucking, it's more like... It's just basically a very mild form of self-abuse. So if you get super angry, you start pulling out your eyelashes. <laughs> Self-abuse viz terminology for wanking. So it's a very mild form. Of <laughs> I being couldn't do that in a business meeting. Debate in a yeah, meeting. I would be quickly out the door. Yeah. Mm. Weinstein um, style. So J- James doesn't really do anything wrong. Yeah, no, uh, I didn't say that. Do don't something, do something psycho. Don't misrepresent me. I'm, I'm a gum gum bug. A litter bug. Don't yeah. misrepresent me. I, I wouldn't say you sort of hold your hands up to me. You were like, yeah, but to be fair. No, 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 sorry, no not that. I was saying I, I just haven't had time to think deeply. Right, so you're going to think of one for next week? Oh, 
Stop giving me homework. Make, a, make a note. I've got, I've got some things to write, all right? We've, we've got right. a lot on our plate, Sam and I. We're writing a sitcom. Yeah. We're setting up a football league. Yeah, it's all so, going. Yeah. One of these things is going to pay off. It's a carpet bombing approach. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to play a game called Who Ate Where? All right. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, sure. Before we do your game. Okay. Okay. So, you know, the oh, Who Eats What game... So I'll name a random celebrity. Use the first thing that comes into your head. What are they? Right. You know, Sufjan Stevens, buns. <laughs> no, lentils. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. We always do Sufjan Stevens. As Gabby well. Roslin. Sausages. Everyone goes sausages. Everyone eats sausages, Okay, but now we do... Eater uh, has a list of uh, celebrity spottings of the week. Right, so these are supposed to be restaurants. Yeah, yeah, so I'll say the restaurant, and you've got to guess who was there. Mark's Club in Mayfair, where my friend is the manager. Gary Bushel. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Gary Bushel. Like Gary Kasparov. Bushel of apples. <laughs> Imagine that, Gary Kasparov going to Mark's club. Uh, Kate Moss. Top. Very good. I think right. that's the first correct answer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got it right. Boom! Oh, well done. Went for the fist bump. Left me hanging a little long, but I'll allow it. Uh, so Gary Kasparov was there with Kate Moss. <laughs> David Bush. Bailey was there with Kate Moss. I mean, if you're going to write it, just call him Bailey, if you, if you want to be proper. Um, who the fuck is Julia Bradbury? Telly, oh. telly presenter? Yeah. Uh, TV presenter and former Country File host was at Dishu. Yeah. That's not a good one. Come on. Okay. George in Mayfair. Never heard of that. What? Who was there? Yes. Princess Eugenie. How uh, the fuck did you get that? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, let's stop this game because we can't get better than that. That is unbelievable. She was eating in a restaurant I was eating in last year on holiday in South Africa. Really? Yeah, and people I was with were excitedly pointing at her, and I predictably didn't know who it was. I played cricket with her husband. Okay, let's roll the dice. She just got engaged, or is that yeah. the other one? Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, yeah she just got must engaged. be. That's why. What name. are their names? What are the two daughters? Beatrice and Eugenie. Oh uh, yeah. Do you know what I always think of the uh, French tennis player Eugenie Bouchard? And I always think, ah, <clears throat> Fergie's kids. <laughs> Not the manager. No, the toe sucker. Was she, she there was well, there was that big scandal was wasn't it? in the nineties where there, it was on the cover of the sun. If not the eighties. Eighties, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was sucking some dude's toes. Texan. Texan toes. Yeah. Texan toe right. sucker. Well, as long as it was legit. And no, nothing wrong with it. I mean, safe, there's a lot wrong with it. It's safe. Everyone's toes are disgusting. Imagine that though. Farouk is well, in your mouth. Uh, I'm not, not going to take my shoes off, but I think you've got the pretty good order. Yeah. You don't look like you would do. Thank you very I much. I spent some hours in hospital. <laughs> I was in hospital yesterday. Ah, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, for my foot, which Sam was deeply unsympathetic about. Absolute nonsense. Unbelievable lack of sympathy. But uh, I stood on something early on in our holiday and then kind of was like, oh, I've just got a bit of a sore foot because I stood on something sharp, but I'm fine. And then over the course of the last week or so, it got steadily more painful to the point that I had to sit with my foot elevated because it was just throbbing. So it's a throbbing pain. Throbbing pain in my heel. and, and Sounds I, like a fatal snake bite. No, it was something in there I'd stood on. I realised it was still in there. Fang of a snake? Splinter. I was <laughs> Fang of a snake. limping like an old goat. And uh, so I uh, rang, just rang the GP and I said, there's something in my foot. 
still Eliza, Eliza. And they said, why are you calling us? Go to the a and E. I I thought, I'm trying to save resources, but yeah, don't know. Yeah, you're supposed to do that. I'll do the online quack you can do now. Yeah, but then they just say either go to the go GP to the or go to an A&E. Right. So waste of time. So in I went, and, you know, Homerton, Monday morning. Not a pretty sight. Some guy walking around drinking a can of Stella, calling everyone to see you next Tuesdays, asking the receptionist when she clocked off. She told him. She was like, five o'clock. He said, I'll wait for you outside. She said, please don't. <laughs> um, it's just all their day's work. So I hope she's all right. I know, but yeah. you think, you know, 24 hours in A&E, I only needed three hours and I saw it all. But uh, anyway, finally went in, got x-rayed. I was I, the guy said, I don't think there's anything in there. I said, I'm convinced there is. He was a bit odd. Anyway, I got x-rayed. An hour later, he returns. You were right. There is something in your foot. It's a little bit of shell. My friend is very good at getting things out of feet. Follow me. Took me to this little room. She just came in, the most matter-of-fact, uh, matronly, workmanlike, whatever the expression you, is. Sorry, can I interrupt? Sorry, were you having this chat like in the waiting room? No, this is in a little cubicle. Because, uh, you know, everybody in the around that cubicle, tying into what you said about this earlier, everyone around that cubicle is going, oh, yeah, they, he's got a bit of shell in yeah. his foot. I'm doing quotes around yeah. both of those. So I thought, you what know... What did you have stuck up your butt? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what we got giggly about yesterday. So I was yeah. like, so, you know, you see those x-ray pictures of things people have got up their arse. It, it like, came out last week. The, there's a American website every year. They yeah. do what, things that got stuck inside us last year. It was, it was out last week. And oh, right. it was a good list. Some the cool ones stuff. that went down the penises were the ones... That, <laughs> they were the ones that were the winciest like for me. Like what? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. No, come on. I can't do that. On, no, toy cars. 20 know. cars? No, 20 toy cars. A straw, I think, was one. Oh, you can see why you give Things that, that were wider than world. Would you? I genuinely can't imagine anything more horrific. And yeah. I know that's not even a rare thing, but I would rather be kicked in the balls ten times than have anything. Up your go urethra. Down. Up my urethra. Urethra, frankly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had an STD test. I had a bottle of ketchup. Stuck. Clean as a whistle. My kids are proof of that, my friend. I've talked about this before, mm. using my children as STD tests. Oh. Well, because oh. they're born and they get tested for everything, and so if I had something, they would have it. Is that how it works? So, is that true? Yeah. Is oh. that a thing? Yeah. All kids get tested for STDs? Yeah, because you can get... It yeah, can be passed on from the parent to the kid, right. so the kid gets tested for all of them, so the kid's clean, and so I said, which caught me doing it when our um, second daughter was born, I was like, yes! And she was like, what? And I was like, well, it means I'm clean as a whistle. Conversations you don't want to have with the wife you're just having your second child. Yeah, I know. At last I know I'm clear of STDs. But you never know. You never know what can happen. <laughs> well, you do know what can happen. STDs. STDs can happen. You've got to keep it safe. Especially if you're cheating on your wife. That I wasn't doing. Clear. Clean as a whistle. Clearly. Or maybe I was, but keeping it safe. We'll never know. Let's move on. Well, anyway, this woman came in and hacked my foot to pieces, cut it all out. It was, it was agony. So I'm lying on the bed in A&E, doing, like, really quite heavy breathing. Like, <laughs> those sorts of noises coming out of me, and she's going, I'm sorry. Sorry. I was like, don't apologise, you're just doing your job. But also, uh, then I thought four months ago my wife was... Oh, because he started saying, oh, it's coming. OK, it's coming now. Like, she was kind of gouging, Push. finally getting... And I was like... And at me going, oh, my God, that's painful. And then thinking, yeah, my wife actually had a similar experience, but 
something the size of a small child was coming out of. Mm. Yeah, but also you got to balance that out. At the end of it, she gets a daughter that she's going to love. You got some manky better shell. They didn't even let me keep it. Dildo. What? Surely you'd get it in like a little presentation case. Nothing. Pathetic. She, did, she just. She just. Anything in the there. tour is a ruin on the NHS. He got a dildo stuck in his heel. Is the truth of the matter. Glass dildo in his heel hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he said, "I think I've got it all." But if if I haven't. Don't worry, because there's a big hole in your foot now, so it'll probably just fall out over the next day or so. But then you said that today you feel oh, right as rain. Yeah. God bless the NHS. Oh. Have you ever got anything stuck in you? <laughs> um, not that I'm willing to discuss on a podcast. <laughs> well, now everyone's no. thinking thinking a lot worse than what it actually was. Let them think. No, I've never, no, I've, I've, I've never even been in hospital as, really? a, as a patient. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. Go you. Well, yeah, yeah. Right, are we doing this game? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Another game. Ret- uh, well, it's return... I listened to a thing the other return day. Return so of serve. The average American human has eight operations in their lifetime. The average American human as opposed to the amount of <coughs> average American lemur. Well, yeah, lemurs probably don't have many operations. They don't have hospitals. They've got no health cover. So, right. No, exactly. Which no, they been since they've repealed Obamacare. Okay, uh, do you remember um, the Joey Tripp game? Yes, I do. Okay, so I believe you've He's lost been practising. Yeah. I've, no, I have not. Okay. This is coming out this very fresh. Uh, do we right. have to explain it again? No. If you no. don't know what this is, fuck off. You shouldn't be listening. Exactly. Go back, listen to some original episodes and get up to speed. Fucking yeah, but if you've made it this far and you're not a regular listener, then congratulations. <laughs> yeah. and fuck me. <laughs> uh, all right, you ready? Ready? Oh, I was born ready. And I'm ready now. Uh, right, ready. you ready? Yeah. Matt, you ready? Ready. Okay. Wrestler Flair, Long Weird River Rat. Rick Otter? Rick, <laughs> Rick Otter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well done. Rick, is, it, is there Rick someone Flair. called Rick Flair? Yeah, Rick man. Flair. Never heard of him. He's like a super famous oh. wrestler. Yeah. He, just, uh, he just won about, he's got to be about 70 now, but he just won about. Which is why I had him in my head. He won about today. He can call himself Colonel Flair. Because he won a KFC-themed battle. So he can now legally call himself Colonel Flair. There's a really good documentary about the... Do you remember Jake the Snake? Oh, yeah. About like him and his decline. He's now like a oh, 50-something alcoholic. Yeah. And is he, is he, he like a crackhead loser? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen, I've it's seen it. it's, it's really good, but really depressing. Yeah. He was kind of who the wrestler was based on, wasn't it? A lot of... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. was from Jake the Snake. That was a really good clue, Sam. Well done. Okay. Uh, well, well done. You kind of needed a bit of time to get it. You did. Say I forgot it. That they were food say stuffs. Okay. Ready? Uh, small green spheres. Something. Something. Gabor. Um, something. Zaza. Pizaza. Pizaza. Pizzas. Marble Zaza. Pizza. Oh. <laughs> It's not Zaza. I should have done something Zargabor, but I did something, something. Pizza. Pizza. Yes. All right. All right. 1-1. One, one. A, a generous 1-1, one, one. I mean, yeah. Well, no, you got it. I know, Matt, Matt sort of loosened the lid. I didn't but, get it, though. Yeah. He didn't get it. I mean, that's right. the game. That's the game. Yeah. Usually people say it. And then I'm like Gary Lineker, fox in the box. Wait yeah. for the keeper to yeah, you block are, it you out are. and then just yeah. dispatch. Uh, okay, 1-1. One, one. Uh, against the Cornish... Pasties? What? Against the corn? What, like Devon? 
against the Cornish. Joe Cornish? Anti-Joe. Anti-Joe? Anti-Pasty. Anti-Pasty. Uh, Again, releasing that lid. Nice. Say what you see. Yeah. I'm trying. Right, are we detecting anything here, people? Well, what was the first... The well, first one was cheese. Cotter, now pizza. we've straight on to pizza. Anti-Pasty. Italian oh, things. Italian. Oh, there we are. I was Do thinking I pasties. I was like, pasties is a bit of a departure. Uh, okay, a girl took drugs. Um, something ease, isn't it? She took ease. All I can think of is spaghetti. It's not spaghetti. No, girl, clearly not. A girl took drugs. A very mildly offensive term for a girl took drugs. Chickies? Birdies. Tookies. Chick took. You're looking at me like I've nearly said it again. You're so close. Chickpeas? Chickies. 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 Fucking hell. I do not deserve it. Am I 3 1 now? 3 1. I don't feel like this. This is moral victories with you. Uh, I feel like I'm doing all the hard work. And yeah, you are. You're setting them out. Taking the glory, yeah. yeah. He is. He's the story of my life. He's a Lineker. fox in the box. All right, last one. Uh, mark you make on your headboard, turn down drugs. Bang no. Bang no ease. <laughs> Bolognese. Talk to Frank. Mark you make on your headboard, turn down drugs. Bang your cow I just thought so. Yeah. <laughs> just like that, just love it. Yeah. Just love Delicious. That. Love that HV yeah. olive oil based dip. Mm. Love it. Adore it. Bent no. Bent, bent. The marky mark on your head. Notch. Notch oh. noies. Notchy. Gnocchi. Gnocchi. Gnocchi noies. Knock. Oh, it's well, You just said it basically, but you didn't. Gnocchi. No. Mark you make on your headboard, turn not, down drugs. Knock. Not. He mark a knot. Notch. Notch. Nocino. 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 I don't even know what they are. That's a walnut liqueur, Matt. Is it? Yeah. How ah. Notch E. No. Maybe we'll of have course. one after our dinner. 4 1. Yeah, that's oh, undeserved. It was domination. Mm. But man. I feel if I were less mentally sluggish, I could have really owned that. Yeah, but um, I didn't. But well done, James. Um, wow. I was quite. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. It was a pretty good uh, selection yeah. there. All right. Well, this was fun. Any 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 parting words? Have you got anything to plug, Matt? Do you still write your blog? I've never written a blog. Do you not ever write a blog? No, never written a blog. Didn't I've you got nothing to plug. I'm just here for the dinner. Didn't you go and hang out with? A, we're not paying for it. What? You're paying for this. Did we not? Fuck that, I'm so, going then. Yeah. Um, d- um, did. Um, you used to hang out with uh, the food blogging community, though. I did many years ago, but no, no, I, I'm merely here for the sparkling repartee. Oh. Stunning. Well, it's been a pleasure, Matt. It's yeah, thanks for coming back. I always like seeing you, so it's good to see you, Matt. Like, you like, said that with like a kind nice. of twinkle in your eyes, if, I do, as I if do. my mere appearance is kind of inherently it does, amusing. It does. It makes me happy. Good. I'm glad. That's know, all I want to do is bring joy to people. Well done. Thanks. That's brilliant. Tis. Um, brilliant. Well done. Well done you too, James. You had a thing in your foot. No, it's not there anymore. If that's an achievement, then what the fuck is. Next week, I will put something in my bum. Cool. We can talk about that. Why don't we do that? Next time we do one, we'll each put something up our bums, 
and then we have to guess what it is. It has to be a food stuff, and we have to guess what it is. I'm <laughs> just based on our facial yeah. expression. Yeah. Oh, Matt's put a jalapeno up there. Yeah. I'm uh, busy next week. Sam can't sit down. He's so aubergine. Pineapple. <laughs> You'd probably be all right with an aubergine. Yeah, aubergine would be fine. Yeah. This time of year. Yeah. yeah. Fin- finger aubergines. Delightful. Yeah. yeah. Thai. Thai. I'm into Thai food, so I'd probably do that as opposed to classic Italian ratatouille style. So. <laughs> maybe ratatouille. Just put the melanzane, parmesan. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, goodbye. Oh, with that helicopter. Bye. Bye.